If you have your Bibles, would you open them to the Gospel according to Luke? However you get your Bible, whether that's uh, online or in one of these electronic devices, or whether you use the book form, uh, if you don't have a Bible, we don't want you to feel left out, and so there's a Bible in the seat back in front of you. You can open that up to Luke chapter 14. And if you do not have a Bible, we want to give you one as a gift. And so take that one that's in the seat back in front of you. Take it home. Read it. Answer. Ask. Come up with all kinds of questions. Come back and play stump the pastor. Uh, I love, love to do that. I want to see you engaging uh, with the Scriptures. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 14 and we're going to begin at verse 12. And I'm going to ask you to stand in honor of the reading of the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Gospel according to Luke chapter 14 beginning at verse 12. Hear the word of the Lord. Then Jesus said to His host, When you give a luncheon or a dinner... Do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. When one of those at the table With him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servants, Go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. This is the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Word of God for the people of God. And our response is, Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, last week... We started into this series on a generous life. A generous life is something that we begin to understand that the generosity that we are called to give is because we have received the generosity of our God who has been generous to us with life and in life. And we see that Jesus modeled this. Even though Jesus experienced poverty, even though Jesus experienced uh, the suffering of others, He still managed to live in a way that was generous. And He called people to live generously. He believed in the generosity of the Father even all the way to the cross. One of his last phrases from the cross was a statement of believing in in God's generosity when he said, Father, into your hands I what? 
commit my spirit. I'm trusting that even though my circumstances show that I am dying and death is all around me, I'm going to place my hands in the in the hand I'm going to place my spirit in the hands of the one who is generous. And I am I am going to trust. And we saw that God did not fail him but gave Him resurrected life. And that Jesus then went on to give the Spirit so that resurrection life can be in you and be in me if we will receive the gift. And so we found out that when you believe there's enough, when you really believe that God holds all things and is generous with great gifts to you and to me, then you start seeing opportunities for generosity everywhere with our time, with our money, and our attention. We, we looked at those three, how we can be generous in our time, generous with our money, and generous with our attention. This week, we're going to look at a generous life flows really out of a generous attitude. So we've talked about time and money and attention. But today we want to focus some about a generous attitude. What is a generous attitude? Well, a generous attitude is an attitude that gives without thinking about what you may get in return. If you turn and look at your Bibles in verses 12 and 13, Jesus says, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, don't invite your friends, your brothers, your sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back and so you'll be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor and the crippled, the lame and the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. In other words, the kingdom of God operates on this principle. Give with no thought of getting. Now, I this reminded me so much uh, as I was writing this principle down and, and praying about it. It reminded me of several occasions with Gladen Miller. Gladen and I uh, would talk often about motorcycles. Gladen was uh, a motorcycle enthusiast, to say the least. And uh, I remember when he was getting a little up in age, I would bring my bike over, and he would he would look at it, look over things, and do that. And and every year that he could, he he would ask me to help him get one leg over the bike, and he would ride around the block. And he'd come back and he'd we'd put the kickstand down and I'd help him get over. And he said, now I can say I rode my bike, when uh, motorcycle when I was 80, whatever. But sometimes, there was one time where I woke up in the morning in the parsonage and as I moved into the kitchen, I could smell the strong smell of gasoline. It was winter time and I was wondering what in the world was going on. I went out and I began to see gasoline pouring out of the motorcycle. Uh, I had forgotten to switch the, the switch that would close the tank off and, and a mouse had decided they wanted to chew into the cable line that, uh, for the hose from the gas tank down into the engine and gasoline was everywhere. I, I pulled the bike out. I put it in a protected place outside to let everything try and air out and those kinds of things. And I probably had mentioned it to Gladen at one point, but come spring when I went to say, okay, I probably need to get that fixed. I went and I looked and I was going to replace the cable and I look and I see that it's already been done. My first thought, of course, was that Gladen had done this. That he had come out in the winter, in the cold, he had sat there, and he had, he had done this. And, and so I went and I called him and I asked him, and he gave me one of those things that, to this day, I'm not sure if he did or he didn't. But I'm going to say that he did. If it was one of you, I apologize, but Gladen's getting the credit. Because he gave without thinking about what he could get out of it. 
He came over and he sat in the cold and he replaced something. This is a kingdom principle. It's important that we realize that we are called to give with no thought of what we get. This is so important. Did you notice this? This is so important that it is included as a part of eternal life. Now Jesus calls it the resurrection of the righteous. So here's your Greek word for the week. It is the word dikaiosune. You want to say that with me, don't you? So one, two, three. Dikaiosune. That word doesn't mean someone who's just awesome and, you know, I'm so good. It is someone who is right-related. They are in a right relationship with God and with human beings. When we give because uh, with no thought of getting, we are in right relationship with a human being. But Jesus says, when you're in right relationship that way, I want to connect that here. Because God has been so generous with human beings, you are participating in the life that God calls you to give. That He showed in Jesus out into the world. And so when you participate in that, you are a part of the ones who are called righteous. They are right-related. And there will be a resurrection for those who were right-related to God and to others. He doesn't say the resurrection of the correct belief people. He says the resurrection of those who were right-related. Now, is correct belief important? Of course it is. But we can only have correct belief when we have experienced the generosity of the God who gave His one and only Son that we might have life. And when we experience that kind of generosity and love, that correct belief leads to correct actions. As James would say later in James chapter 2, verse 18, Show me your faith without deeds, but I will show you my faith by my deeds. That when I am generous, when I give with no anticipation of getting, I am showing you my faith in a God who was so generous, He gave without thought of what He was going to give, get in return. He gave His one and only Son. He gave everything so that you might know love. James will go on later and say, as the body without the Spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. These two go hand in hand. Correct belief and correct actions go hand in hand. We've been talking about this over and over and over. I always have to pause here because I want you to understand this is not about earning God's love. I'm going to do a deed so I can earn God's love. It's I'm doing this deed because I am called to show the love of God that I freely received through Jesus Christ and His gift on the cross. The kingdom of God, again, it operates on this principle. What is that principle? Say it with me. Give with no thought of getting. How is this possible? It seems like so often some of our first things, it's, it's almost unconscious. We think, oh, I'm going to give this. And, and we may not think it in our conscious mind, but subconsciously we kind of have this idea of I, I give to the people that I like or that they might give something back to me. So how is this possible that we, we can live by this principle of giving with no thought of getting? Jesus moves on and He tells this through the story of the great banquet that we just heard read. A generous banquet, a man prepares a feast and invites many people. We read that story. But we need to pause there for just a second because we need to understand that you can only have a generous banquet because there is a genuine, generous banquet setter. Say that five times fast. 
You can only have a generous banquet because there's a generous banquet setter. Somebody took the time to think about you or to think about all those people that he wanted to have at this banquet. He said, I want there to be plenty of food. I want there to be meats of all kinds. And I said, Amen. I want there to be breads everywhere. I want there to be pasta. And and for the teens, I want there to be pizza. And and I I want there to be all kinds of food and fruits and vegetables pouring out for me. I want an abundance of guacamole. (laughs) And lovely chips. Somebody had to take the time to think about a generous banquet and make sure that it was prepared. Jesus starts there. We can only experience a generous banquet because there was someone who was willing to set and think and do all of those things in order for that party to be ready for us. Our call then is to be generous then starts because God is so Generous. I'm, you're going to hear me saying this over and over and over again. This is not just, well, you need to be generous because God told you to. It is no. You are invited to the banquet. You are invited to experience the height of generosity. And when you experience that, then you will see that your call is you have everything you need. And then your call is then to go and give generously, just like you have received. Jesus would say, freely you have been given. Freely you should what? Give. It's an invitation that the generous banquet setter God has set something up that you might partake of it. But then we go on and we have two responses to this invitation to the banquet. The first response we see in verses 18 through 20, and they're all excuses. Now, I'm not going to read all of those again, but they they kind of boil down into one general excuse. And that is that they are all based on things that those excuse givers either earned or bought. Land Oxen, which are are tractors, so we've got a five oxen power tractor. That's what you use to till the land. And a wife. Sorry, ladies. This is one of those things where culturally leaping from first century Palestine to today doesn't really work out well. But all of these were things that someone purchased or bought. You would purchase land and you would be excited to have that land. You would purchase something to work the land that would help you uh, to, to bring forth vegetation and all those things that you could sell and then use. And you uh, purchased a spouse. And so that they would give you children who would help you work the land and uh, and do all those things or care for the oxen and, and do those things. But all of these have to do, these excuses have to do with I just earned something or I just bought something and therefore I can't come to the banquet. So it shows us that when we are focused on our ability to earn, we often will think that we don't need God's generosity. This is hard for us because we are in a very earning culture. You are taught to work and you are taught to work hard and you are taught to work 40 hours and 50 hours and 60 hours and 70 hours so that you can prove that you earned something. But Jesus says that sometimes this has the unintentional effect of we think, Oh, well, I earned it. I don't need God's generosity. Sometimes we're nice. We think that can go to someone else. 
You know, God's generosity can go somewhere else. But sometimes we are so blinded by our own ability to earn that we forget that we stand in need of the generosity of the, of the God who is willing to give everything. Sometimes I have found this. Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes I have found those who have earned the most can be the least generous in their attitudes. I had conversations. Well, pastor, I tithed on my, on my check way back when I put in my retirement. Does that mean do I need to, do I need to pay tithe on what I'm getting out of my retirement? I don't know. Was God generous to help you earn all that that you put in there? And now did God help the stock market to work out so that you're earning now? I, I don't know. The call is to be generous. The call is to give without thought of what we're getting. Because we have received from a God who gave without thinking about what He was getting in return. Let's move on. Because the next response is kind of intriguing. The next response is simply those who were poor and broken, who were outsiders, who were lame, who were sick, who were blind, and eventually those who didn't even know there was a party because they lived so far away and they had to be gone out and rescued and told, hey, there's a great party. We're going to get you there. Well, I, I can't get there. Well, that's okay. I'm, my, my part is to help you get there. And so I'm going to help you all the way. And their response is simply realizing, I didn't even know about this party, but I'll say yes to it. I, I, I don't have nice clothes, but I'll, I'll, I'll go. There's, there's a seat for me? Yeah, yeah, there's a seat for you. Come on. There's going to be plenty of food. Well, I, you know, my, I, I'm kind of wounded and it's not really... Healed up right. That's okay. Come on in. They simply said yes to the invitation to the banquet. That is the second response. God's response is continued generosity. The response of the needy is a willingness to be led to the banquet. And Jesus wanted to highlight there were just folks who were led to the banquet. And sometimes I find that those of us who are in tune with our own neediness are sometimes the one who are most willing to receive from God's hand what we need. When we are in tune with what we need, when we're in tune with our own brokenness, when we're in tune with a place where we miss the mark, when we're in tune with our own attitudes that are broken and missing, when someone comes and calls us to the banquet, I have found that those folks who are in tune with that are often the ones who say yes and are willing to be led. I know my own response. When I was a young man, a teenager, I said, I grew up in the church. You'd think I'd, I'd understand the generosity of God. I grew up with wonderful parents. I had a wonderful pastor who was my dad. I know a lot of preacher's kids don't like that their dads were pastors. I loved it. I had a good one. But I somehow thought that because I went to church every Sunday and Sunday night and Wednesday night and youth group and all the things that we did, and I did youth quizzing and I did Bible, I didn't do youth quizzing, I did children's quizzing. And I, I knew the Bible and I carried my Bible. Because I did all of those things, I was somehow earning something. That I was okay with God. 
And it was, I remember, I was in my later teenage years when there was a servant of God who came. It wasn't my dad who was preaching. I think it was uh, these things we used to call revivals. And we had somebody, a guest preacher. And as they were preaching, I don't even remember who he was. But as he was preaching, I began to realize the brokenness of my own eyesight. Not because I needed glasses, but because of where my eyes led me. I began to think about the brokenness in my own mind that led me to think primarily about myself. I began to think about how my hands were broken because they they seemed to always be grasping at stuff for me. I began to think about the brokenness of my own heart that was bent inward on itself. And as I was sitting there and as this person was preaching and, and, and preaching, they eventually gave the call to come to the banquet. To come and, and repent of all those things that we in the church call sin. And to receive from God everything I needed. Like I said, I don't remember who it was or what the passage of Scripture is. All I know is I said yes to the invitation. And I was led forward to pray. And when I got up from praying, I had experienced a taste of the generosity of God that pardons and cleanses and heals. And from then on, it wasn't too many years after that, that I felt God was calling me to be someone who at least on a weekly basis begins to share and prepare to make sure that we have something so that you all will understand that we serve a God who gave everything for you and for me. And you are called to the table. All you have to say is yes. And be led to receive everything that God has for you. And then you will realize that you have everything you need. You can give generously out and you can live by the kingdom principle to give without thinking about what you're getting. That's good news. Well, there's one last character. And I want you to see this character. It's one more group. They're kind of behind the scenes. You don't really see them. They're, in fact, just called the servants. They're the ones who live in the Master's generosity. They were probably there. They probably took part in preparing the generous banquet. Maybe they were cooks. Maybe they set the table. Maybe they, they carved the tables and, and got them all prepared. Maybe they set the things where they needed to be. Maybe they placed everything. But they were a part of the generosity. They saw the Master's generosity. They probably received. They probably got food and they got things from Him to help them in the preparation. And then they were the ones who were called to go out and welcome people in, to invite people in. They were the ones who went down into the mud to get those to come out. They probably came back after carrying somebody in the, from the mud. Their clothes were dirty, but they didn't care. They were following what the generous banquet setter had asked them to do. They were, they probably smelled like the people they were bringing in, but they didn't care. They were following what their master had asked them to do. They probably had blood or gross things all over them as they were doing what they were called to do. But they went and they invited and they made sure that the table was full because the master wanted his house full. 
So where do we find ourselves? Because this really reminds me of one of the people we honored today. That is Joyce Bradine. Joyce is one who operated as a servant. I can't tell you how many times I would go to visit her in her home and then later in a nursing home where she would talk about the generosity that God had blessed her with. She would talk about that moment when she ate at the banquet. She would talk about that moment where she realized that God had forgiven her, that God loved her, that God had poured His Spirit into her life, and she was forever grateful and talking about that. She was one, even in a nursing home, I would go and visit her, and she had fallen, and she would have a bump on her head, and she would still say, hey, I was talking to the guy that I eat dinner with about Jesus. And I think he's going to come to our church. Can we figure out a way to get him there? Like, sure, Joyce. Whatever we need to do. She gave and she gave. So many of you probably as a child or when your child was born received one of those yarn animals from Joyce. They're a little scary looking, but they were done with love. And she wanted to make sure, even if she didn't know you, you were brand new. She heard you had a baby. You got an animal. When she heard my son, I meant to bring it in with me and I totally forgot. When she heard my son loved birds, she signed up for Birds and Blooms. Came to our house every month. And every month when I received it, I would think Joyce gave without thinking about what she could get. Jackson was only like, I don't know, six at the time. He couldn't give her anything. She gave because she knew she had been given. If you were a teenager, you probably had some sponsorship from Joyce. If you were a college student and in need, you probably received some money from Joyce. You see, Joyce modeled the kingdom because Joyce had experienced the generosity of the God she loved. And she knew she had everything she needed, even when she was in a nursing home. Don't you wish, don't you want to be generous like Joyce was generous? You can. But first you are called to experience the generous banquet that has been set before you. And God is giving you an invitation. So what character are you? Are you a servant? When was the last time you invited someone to the banquet or showed God's generosity? Every week we are trying to give something into your hands where you can have something to invite someone else. Did you realize if you call yourself a servant of the generous God, you are called to make an invitation to someone else to come to the banquet? Do you know that? When was the last time You said yes to being a servant, to invite someone to come. We are trying this year to invite 274 new people. Some of those come through events, but most of them need to come because you took the time to say, I serve a generous God and He has more room at His table. There are more more empty seats here. I want you to come with me. Would you come? We're called to do that. Are you, unfortunately, consumed with earning so much that you are missing the generosity of God or even maybe denying your need for Jesus? 
Maybe today you've heard, man, I, I have been. I, I spend a lot more time thinking about what I'm going to earn and, or what I'm going to do with what I earned than I do about thinking about the generous banquet that Jesus has laid before me and inviting someone to come with me. Or maybe are you one who's out in the highways and byways? You're acknowledging and you know your own brokenness. You know those places and you think it precludes you from the banquet. You think there's no way I will be invited to that banquet because of what I've done or what I've said or the attitudes I have or the ways that I'm broken in my heart, in my soul, in my spirit, the things that I've done that are not what God calls us to do, the ways that I've sinned, the ways that I'm broken. You think, "Ah, surely that can't be me. There's no place for me. I hope if that's you today that you have heard the gospel, which means good news. And I would be honored to be the servant today who comes to you and says to you in the midst of your brokenness, in the midst of the places where you've missed it, in the midst of the places where you think you fall short, I want you to know good news. Get up on your feet. It is time. There's a seat for you at the banquet. God, who has been generous to me, can be just as generous to you. And we can do this together and we can we can invite others to come and we can show them the generosity that we can give without worrying about what we can get. But the first thing we got to do is you got to come to the banquet. You got to see the spread. You got to eat the food. You got to you've got to see the one who is generous. Is that you today? Would you be willing to come? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, today, we need to start just by saying thank you for your generosity. You have been so good to us. And when we, for thousands of years, mistrusted you, thought you were holding out on us, thought, I better take this into my own hands, I better earn, baby, earn. And when all of that led to brokenness and sin and shame and destruction and the breaking of relationships, I'm so grateful that you did not give up on human beings. But you continued to give. You gave us commandments and you you gave us prophets. and, And when we kept failing, you kept giving until... You gave Yourself. You gave Jesus to us. And He showed us how generous You are. You gave us the Spirit to help us to live in the kingdom. Oh God, we would would fall utterly short if we don't just take time to say thank You for setting the generous banquet before us. And we're thankful that we can be servants in your house. And we can see and feast week in and week out on what your Spirit does among us. But we need to ask your forgiveness for failing to hear your call to go and to invite. So God, help us. Because if we're Your servants, we are called to go and invite. 
Put somebody in our hearts right now, into our mind. Give us an opportunity. Open up a conversation where we could invite someone to come and hear the generosity of God. To experience the generosity of God. So that they might also become a fellow servant. And God, I am so grateful that I know, because I've experienced it, that if there is anyone here who feels so broken they are beyond your banquet, that they would hear the good news. There's an invitation for you. Don't clean yourself up. Don't even try. Just come to the banquet. There's plenty for you. God loves you. God can help you. God will heal you. Come to the banquet today. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed. If today you would say, I I really identify with those ones who are broken. And I've I've worried there was no place for me. Or maybe for some of you, I'm really consumed with earning and I've forgotten how broken that makes me. If today you want to say yes to the invitation to the banquet, would you be brave enough to just raise your hand right where you are? Say, I've heard the call. I want to say yes to the banquet. I want to say yes to God's generosity. If that's you, raise your hand right where you are. No need to feel embarrassed. I'm not going to earn this anymore. I just want to say yes. I'm going to come. I want to experience the generosity of God. Some have their hands raised. That's wonderful. Keep them raised. I want to pray for you. Father, you see those whose hands are raised. I pray that you would bless them. May they experience your generous love and acceptance. May they experience your forgiveness right where they are. Would you bless them and heal them? Help them to know that they are worthy of being a servant. They are worthy to invite. They are worthy because they have experienced your grace. Bless them and help them to know right now that you invite them to your great banquet. You can put your hands down. Father, we thank You. We ask You to go with us as we go. Remind us that we are Your servants. Help us to invite. Open up conversations. And bless us as we invite others to Your banquet, Your great feast. May we be kingdom people who are generous because we've experienced the generosity of God. May we give without worry about what we're getting, with our time, with our attention, with our money, because You have changed our attitude. And we pray this in the name of the One who showed us the Father's generosity. In the name of Jesus, we pray all these things. And everyone said, Amen. Would you stand and receive the final blessing? And now, may you know that there's a place for you always. May you pick up the mantle of servant and say, I'm going to invite because I know the generosity of my God. May you every day submit your attitude 
to the one who has given you his all. And may you be blessed as you go and you welcome and you invite those who in need of healing to the one place where they can receive it. I pray that you would receive this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Go in His name and His generosity.